Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Petty. The nothing personal word of the day today is petty, as in Tom Petty. Don't come around here no more. Hey, whatever you're looking for, don't come around here no more. Give it up. Stop. That's what they're saying at the Canada-U.S. border. Don't come around here no more. Just announced that the border between Canada and the U.S. will be closed another month until June 21st, which I would say is sometime in the middle of summer, but it turns out that's even a day before summer starts. I feel like it's six months from now. It turns out it is a month and two days from now. Why is that an important moment for us here at Nothing Personal? Well, we can go sport by sport. Hockey. How's that going to work? If they do an all-playoff tournament, 24 teams they're rumored to be talking about. I don't know if you heard Eugene Melnick, owner of the Ottawa Senators, talked about the fact that he wants the draft to happen in June. He wants playoffs, regular season. Let's go. Well, you got a team that Ottawa's not a good team, but what about Vancouver or Winnipeg or Edmonton, Toronto? You can't get into Canada. The only way that anyone can play in Canada before June 21st would be if you have a Canadian passport and you quarantine for 14 days. So a man I used to work with, his name is PJ, used to work with him at the Marlins and the Expos. He now works for the Ottawa Senators. I didn't mean to call out Eugene PJ, I'm sorry, but it's Eugene. He gave an interview and I'm going to call it out. On nothing personal. But in any case, you had to go back to Canada, got in the car from Florida, drove three days and three nights, get to the border, show your passport, and they say, hey, what's your QP? What's your quarantine plan? To which I assume your answer was you showed a jug of Kettle One, you showed a case of Cabernet, you showed a Kindle, you showed a yoga mat, and you showed an iPad and said, that's my schedule. Any questions? Well, they said, well, in the next 14 days, you better not be outside because we're talking jail and a huge fine. Oh, by the way, we have your cell phone number. We have a picture of you. All the authorities have it. You best not go out for a run. Go out anywhere. You are fully quarantined. Bring, bring. Hey, it's the government of Canada checking in. Are you where you say you should be, Mr. PJ? Yes, I am, he said. That actually happens. Canada is contact tracing. They are checking to make sure people are actually quarantining. Lots of quarantinis during quarantining. The point is, hockey, are they going to do a one-state solution 
where all the teams play a full two-month playoffs away from families in the U.S. and GTH. You know that. Not going to happen. So closing up the border becomes actually a pretty significant thing for Canada and the U.S. to agree to. Can baseball just put the Blue Jays in Dunedin? I've already told you that's not going to work. You've got to have 30 cities open. The Toronto Blue Jays have to play in Toronto. Period. Hard stop. Does this change my view of baseball starting July 4th? No, it does not. Baseball will not start July 4th having nothing to do with the border being closed. It has to do with the fact that I can't imagine regular spring training starting in only three weeks. We have to get a labor deal. There's a dollar, Coca. By the way, Coca, what are we up to? Where's that charity jar? I sent out a uh, tweet at David P. Sampson and someone uh, from the Levitard shipping container. His name is Roy, Roy, Roy Bellamy. He asked me whether or not I had a charity lined up or a sponsor for when we shave our beards, Coca. I think we'll need a garbage can. We'll need shears. We'll need a couple scissors, a couple straight edges. But maybe we should talk about not just taking the dollar we they jar, but even doing more and seeing if we can get people. Because I know people would pay you to shave your beard, Coca, because people are actually not minding mine. But yours is absolutely disastrous. So that's not going to be the reason why there's no sports on July 4th, no baseball. Got to get the labor agreement done. They do. They do. And then on top of that, you have to figure out the logistics from that health plan. They're doing the same thing in hockey. I'm wondering if they're doing it in the NFL. One thing that's been making me sort of crazy is the NFL just goes on as though there's no problem, no changes. They're moving on, starting everything. I already called the way to see no training camps on time in July. But given the way the NFL has been, I think I'm going to be wrong. But they showed a picture of Tom Brady, and I can't tell. See, this is where Coca really is helpful to me because I'm old. I'm old, feeble, I'm gray. But there's a picture of Tom Brady in his Tampa Bay uniform, like an orange workout jersey. There's a couple other people in the picture. And I'm just wondering, it was tweeted out by CBS Sports HQ. By the way, thank you, CBS, for the platform. I like thanking them. Smart, you have to, right? I'm just wondering, is that what it looks like? Is that what the workouts are supposed to look like? Is that a new picture? Is that an old picture? Is that a Photoshop picture? Is it not real? Is it sort of real? Does it look real? Coca's saying it's a new picture, but is the depth perception off? It just seems like they're all working out. And if they're working out at some prep school, which is what Coca's whispering, are they following guidelines? Are they not? This is an issue that sports has to deal with, and there has to be uniformity. When MLB gets a health plan that looks so crushingly difficult, one of the biggest things mentioned in that document was how necessary it is to have self-policing. Now, it's one thing for Canada to close the border. It's one thing for them to have the quarantine rules. It's the one thing for to have social distancing guidelines, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. All those things are good. We can have players six feet apart, no spitting, no showering, no high fives. All of it is fine. No lineup cards exchanged. I could go through the whole memo. I have. I thought about many of those things. But at the end of the day, it is up to each individual person because there is something called a ripple effect. Now, there's a lot of 
Corona hoaxers out there, a lot of people in the media, a lot of people who just have a Twitter account with numbers and letters saying, listen, we got to get back. Everything's fine. Let's go. The solution is worse than the disease or than the pandemic. The economic downfall is so critical. Here's my answer to all of you. If we could count on in America, everyone actually being responsible, then we could be open right now. If we could count on people not being selfish, then we could open right now. If we could count on a system called the merit system, the honor system, where in fact you have to do what is right for you and for your brothers and sisters, figuratively and literally, would you do it? Or would you just say, I'll put the water in and get the wine? For those nothing personal people who listen to the mailbag episodes, you've heard that story. I'm going to repeat it, the very quick version to let you know why there's an issue. There's a big party going on in a kingdom. The king invites all the subjects to come and says, bring a glass of wine. We're going to pour it into a vat. We're going to stir it. You're going to pour it in and then you're going to get a glass out. You're going to pour in a glass of wine, get out a glass of community wine. This is before COVID, but everyone pours it in and we will all then be sharing. This will show our unity. One person said, I got a great idea. I can actually bring a glass of water. I'm going to bring a glass of water, pour it in, and I'm going to get out a glass of wine. Turn water into wine. It's brilliant. Freeloading. Gets in front of the line, drops the glass of water, goes to get his glass. Glass gets comes out, and it's a full glass of water. Yeah, the moral of the story is everyone thought the same thing. The herd mentality won out. It's just me. But if everyone says it's just me, then you end up with water. In this case, say it's just you. Be responsible. Think about people. Don't say only young people, only old people, no people. I don't know people. I know some people. Then I read about an art how, but now he's better. But then I read about this person's grandmother who's not better. What about this child who got so sick and it may be COVID, it may not. There's stories all over the place. Take this month that the U.S.-Canada border is closed. Help us get sports started. You, you, I'm pointing if you're watching on YouTube. By the way, if you're listening, thank you. Tell a friend about Nothing Personal. Don't forget, we're getting toward the end of May. Make sure you rate and review on Apple. Do a review, a five-star review, and then put a question in there, and I will answer a question at the end of month mailbag pod. Please do that, and thank you. So the word of the day is pete. Well, Coca knows me well now, episode 139 of the regular show, nothing personal. I'm worked up. I'm worked up. He knows when I get worked up. I think he likes when I get worked up. Sometimes he gets worried about energy. Make sure your energy's up, Dave. That's when he's angry. He calls me Dave. Maybe he just doesn't call me anything. In any case, I'm fully energized because I'm sick and tired, sick and tired of reading All of these people writing articles about the economics of baseball who don't know crap about the economics of baseball. I respect what you all do. I'm in this business now too. I try to believe that with my listeners and with the audience and the loyalty that I appreciate and try to return, I try to say things that I know about. And when I'm speculating, I'll say I'm speculating. But by the way, this is how it happened when I did it for 18 years. Articles are being written every day since the commissioner came out 
and said that baseball could lose up to $4 billion or $640,000 per game for every game played without fans. I'm not here to debate whether or not those numbers are accurate. I'm not here to debate whether or not the commissioner is using that for leverage in negotiating with the players. I'm not here to debate whether he's doing it for public relations purposes, trying to elicit a sympathetic ear amongst the masses. All of that may be true. What I am here to talk about are articles that are being written or videos that are being posted or tweets that are being sent by those people in our industry. And I'm using our exactly the way it's meant to be in not baseball, in the media industry. Forget the letters and number tweet Twitter accounts with 14 followers. I'm talking about, forget the bots, forget the agenda-laden voice of the people. I'm talking about those writers with training, journalists who actually have the ability to get the word out that's not biased. Part of the big problem is you don't know what channel to watch because there's such confirmation bias. There's such positional bias, such political bias. You watch CNN, you watch Fox, you're on CBS. Didn't used to be that way. It doesn't need to be that way. When you are writing, write an article that will teach someone something. And so I'm going to do it now. Step by step, I want to go through what people are saying and tell you what is actual. Let's start. How does MLB run? The business of a team. Their revenues and their expenses. Let's talk about the revenues first. Revenues are made up of two components. There's local revenue and there's national revenue. National revenue is all the money that the commissioner and all of his employees make on behalf of baseball when they negotiate national broadcast deals, when they negotiate national sponsorship deals, when they have a business called BAMTECH or MLB.com, when they sell that business, when they operate that business, when they sell items on the InterGoogle, like a Marlins jersey or a Yankees jersey on, on the website, marlins.com or yankees.gov, that is called national revenue. That money gets put in a big pot. One thirtieth goes to every team equally. There are holdbacks done by the commissioner to finance the commissioner's business. The commissioner has expenses, salaries, rent, cost of doing business. Those are expenses of the commissioner's office that are paid for out of central revenue. That central revenue, the profit, is basically given to teams. That is what we would call, as a team, national revenue. Local revenue. Local revenue is the following. What is generated when people consume your product locally? How do people consume it? I was going to say three ways and hold up two fingers. How would that go, Coca? Three ways. One, buying tickets. Two, watching on television. And three, <laughs> let's just talk broadcast. <laughs> Couldn't help it, Coca. He was right there. I had to do it. When you buy a ticket to a game, we split you into categories. What your average ticket price is, how much money you spend on beer and food, how much money in merchandise you purchase, and how much money in parking do you pay? So we calculate every game, 
what is our total gate revenue? Gate revenue equals, this is revenue, not expenses. Gate revenue equals tickets, food, beverage, merchandise, parking. Then, sponsorship revenue. All those signs that you see when you're at the ballpark, the center field sign, the scoreboard sign, signs on the foul poles, signs in the concourse, any commercials on between innings, anything on the jumbotron, that is called revenue that comes in from sponsors. They pay you $100,000, you give them an outfield wall sign. That $100,000 is split 81 times because there's 81 games. That's a per game revenue amount that you get that particular game. There's a cost, the cost of putting the sign up, the cost of maintaining the sign, the cost of ushers, the cost of hot dog vendors, the cost of making the hot dogs, the cost of security, police, fire. There are costs associated with games. There's revenue associated with games. That's another part of local revenue. Your TV deal. Let me explain how the TV deal works because there's a lot of misinformation about it. We do a TV deal, let's just say, let's just say for purposes of this conversation, and for the Marlins it's not, but let's just say a million dollars a game, $81 million a year. Let's say the Marlins are $250,000 a game for $20 million a year. It doesn't matter, it's just math. It's straight line math. You have 162 games in your season. Your broadcast revenue comes from radio and television. That's called local broadcast revenue. When you do a TV deal with a regional sports network or with any network, you have content to sell. Your content is basically 480 hours of programming or 160 games at three hours each. The network then offers you money and they say, we will pay you the following amount per year, $80 million. But we are counting on having... 150 games available. By the way, when I said 81 games for $81 million, I wasn't counting road games. Road games count too. I was talking about gate revenue for a particular game, but I'm trying to give you a full revenue expense conversation. So the TV deal is a per game deal. You have to make available 150 games or 145 games. We'll pay you X dollars. Thank you very much. You then get that money you divide that over the course of your season, and that is sort of your per-game revenue, if you will. We used to do it per-game on the road as well because we'd have a TV deal for a road game, but we'd have road expenses, what the cost of flying your team, the cost of hotels, the cost of the per diem that you pay the players, the cost of salaries for the people who travel with the team. So there's a way to break down what your expenses are when your team's on the road, just as you can break down expenses, what you are when you're at home. Revenue standpoint, you obviously don't get gate revenue when you're on the road, but you do get broadcast revenue. So you go through and you have an amount of money. In a shortened season, there are people saying that teams will still get the same local TV revenue in an 81-game season that they would get in a 162-game season. What planet are you on? It's not even close. Now, is it possible that teams will get paid the full amount and then have to do a make good later on in the contract? Is it possible they could defer that loss of revenue to future years? Yes. As someone who ran a team, I've got two letters for you. WC. Who cares? I can't go to an owner and say, hey, 
we deferred that expense. Don't you worry about it. We don't have to pay him for five years. We do that with players all the time. We try to manipulate owners, manipulate the commissioners saying, we're not really paying this player that much money. We deferred it until he's 20, until 20 years from now. We're going to pay Bobby Bonilla a million dollars till he's 80. Guess what? That is real dollars that eventually get paid by the team. You want to get into a present value and a discount rate conversation? I'm not going to have it right now. It's dollars and cents. You're right. Could we have extra revenue this year because we're only showing 80 games, not 162? Maybe. But guess what? It gets paid out at the end. But some teams own their regional sports network. That's another argument that comes out. Those teams are loaded. Those teams aren't losing money per day. And even if they can't get 162 games or their revenues are going down because there's no fans in the seats, they've got their own network. They're rolling in the dough. Well, they're actually rolling in the deep end of debt. It costs money to run a network. So do you think that the networks, a regional sports network, let's just take Nesson. Nesson has the Red Sox. Nesson's owned by the Red Sox. Nesson pays the Red Sox a broadcast deal. Side note, I always have known that the Red Sox make more money outside of revenue sharing, which is where you put all your revenue in a pot, all the local revenue goes in a pot and gets redistributed to all teams in a percentage basis. That's called revenue sharing. I always accuse the Red Sox and other teams from hiding some of their revenue because they own their networks. There's no doubt that they make more money in the networks than they're saying. But they also had the opportunity and they took the risk. They started the network, built the network. They have debt on the network. How many of you have mortgage payments or rent payments? Do you just raise your hand and say, listen, I'm not paying. I'm not paying the debt to the bank. Student loans, forgive me, but I lost my job. I'm not paying. Don't compound the interest. Now, there's been a break from the administration for a few months. I think Coca said there was some sort of deferral. The point is, at some point, somebody pays the price. So the Red Sox, Nesson, is not delivering to its subscribers the content that it promised. People spend, let's say, $6 a month. Are you spending $6 a month right now for ESPN? Are you getting the content that you wanted? Did you buy it for SportsCenter? Did you buy it for the documentaries? Do you want it on your tier on cable or ESPN Plus or CBS All Access? Are you getting the content that makes it worth it for you to make the expense? The way it works is that if you call your company or you want a refund or you don't want to buy it anymore, the expense that we have to run the network stays the same, but our revenue goes down. It's an outrageous thought that teams, and I am no big market flunky. For me to argue in favor of the Yankees and the Cubs and the Red Sox, you know I must have some energy today. I spent 18 years fighting against that. But the reality is that they are being hurt the same way the Marlins are being hurt by playing a half a season. It's not even a question. What about other expenses that teams have that are being completely ignored? When you buy a team, you have something called acquisition debt. Think of it like a mortgage when you buy a house. When you lose your job, you still have to pay your mortgage or else you lose your house and it'll be foreclosed. 
When you buy a team, you borrow money from a bank, you've got to pay the bank back or the bank's not going to be very happy with you. Ah, the solution has, we got it. Everyone be calm. We've got the solution. Take more debt, borrow more money. Oh, that's right. Let's borrow more money to pay the players more or to pay ourselves more. That makes sense. Well, what will the interest rate be? It'll be very low, right? Like LIBOR, London Bank offering rate, right? Or no, it'll be like 1%. Nothing. Just borrow as much money as you can. Guess what? When you borrow money, you have to pay it back one way or another. Always. Every time. So when you spend money and borrow money to buy a team, you got to pay it back whether you play 162 games or 81 games, whether you have fans in the stands or don't. What about all these new stadiums? Our owner borrowed money in order to put money into the stadium. That was his money that he had to pay back. People who built the stadiums, Yankee Stadium, City Field, got a lot of public help, billions of public help. But guess what? They put in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That money gets paid back. Next concept, people throwing around EBITDA. EBITDA is a financial term that means earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Let me sum it up for you. That number doesn't mean S-Q-U-A-T. It doesn't mean squat. EBITDA has nothing to do with cash. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So let me ask you this. You're paid $60,000 by your job. Is that how much you spend per year and break even? Do you have $60,000 to spend? Those are your earnings. Do you go out and say, hey, I got five grand a month. How's that for quick math? I got five grand a month. Let's go. Let's go out. Let's partay. End of the month, you say, wait a minute. I'm I'm like in debt, $15,000. What happened? Oh, darn it. T. Taxes. Oh, that's right. Those credit card bills I have, there's interest on those. When I bought a $25 Amazon package, by the way, who's not getting Amazon packages every day? Oh, don't worry. It goes right on the credit card. No problem. Minimum payment due, $20. No problem. Oh, my balance was $100. Oh, I got 80. I'm going to save 80 by the end of the year. No problem. Wait a minute. That 80 turned into 110. How did that happen? Ah, got it. I, interest, it all counts, folks. To write an article to talk about teams EBITDA and to say that that has any relevance to actual owners of teams is absolutely incorrect. And finally, the revenue split. People saying teams will hide revenue. Baseball is proposing a 50-50 revenue split with the players. Teams get revenue from all other sources. Ballpark villages. <laughs> that's so funny to me. Yes, that's like saying, let me just uh, make sure I got it right. Mickey Arison owns the Heat. The Heat don't make money. But Carnival does pretend before pandemic when cruises were still happening and there was no COVID-19. That's like saying, hey, Mickey, I know you make money with Carnival, therefore, therefore, you've got the money to do whatever you want with the heat. I'm not sure I understand the logic there. 
because you make an investment in another business that makes money for you, that means as an owner of another business that you're forced to take money from the first business and give it to the second business to buttress it because it loses money on its own. What kind of moron does that? Yes, owners have other sources of income. Thank God or they wouldn't own your team. Nobody makes a living owning a team. There won't be a revenue split. They'll come to a different agreement. They will find a way to get it done because there's no way they're going to stand up and say no baseball when the borders open, when it's time, when we can do it safely. If we get through the health issue, that will be that. And we will be fine with it. And it won't end up with a revenue split. I just did we, Coca. Are you keeping track? Are you there? Are you mowing your lawn? I think he's out on his lawnmower right now. I think like totally he's disappeared again. This happens like every show. It's only Tuesday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So you want to talk to Samson? Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, listen, thank you for the So You Want to Talk to Samson. It comes from Half Baked the Movie. If you're a new listener and there's a lot of new listeners, we appreciate your loyalty. This is a segment that we do. It's from the movie Half Baked, where people want to talk to Samson, the greatest drug dealer of all time. You go into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Follow me. Please go into DMs and ask whatever question you want, and I'll get to as many as I can. Question. Does Governor Andrew Cuomo saying he wants sports to return mean that sports will return? That is a great question. It is a big part of the news today. The governor of New York, the governor of Texas, and the governor of California came out in the last 24 hours and said, we see professional sports back and we see it soon. June, we're ready. We want it. So let's discuss why they would say that and then discuss what it actually means. The reason why they would say that is COVID, as you know, has become an extreme political hotbed of controversy. It has become a partisan flu, a partisan pandemic. P squared is what the COVID is, the partisan pandemic. I'm not sure which side I'm on because I'm not on any side. I'm on the side of self-preservation. I don't want to get myself sick and I don't want to get you sick. I'm willing to put the wine in and get the wine out, but do me a favor, cover your damn mouth when you sneeze and don't run near me, please. And when I'm running down the street in Fort Lauderdale, if you want to say hi because of nothing personal or CBS Sports HQ or Survivor, the Marlins, I'm all in but you don't have to do it by almost running me over or by coming too close. I like saying hi and talking. I was on a run the other day and a conversation wanted to get started by someone and there was like a personal space issue. And it's not that I'm Howard Hughes, although I'm working on it. It's not that I'm Howie Mandel, though I prefer the fist bump. It's that I want to be respectful because what if I have it? I mean, I don't I think I do, 
I have a pulse oximeter. I'm at 99 lung capacity. My fever, I take it every 15 minutes. I don't take it every 15 minutes. I don't want to do have hyperbole. I take it three or four times a day. I'm still below 98 almost all the time. One time I was above 99. One time at 100, I'm fine. But when you're running, when people are running, understand they're trying to do social distancing. So two days ago, I was on a run, and I do a run in Fort Lauderdale toward the beach, over the bridges. And I've got cars who are literally... I'm in the street. Why? Because I want to be six feet away from bikers who are coming toward me because you bike with traffic and run into it. And there are people on the sidewalk walking and running, so I don't want to be near them. So in a two-lane road, which is a four-lane road, but two lanes either way, I am in the middle of the lane closest to the curb. I'm in the road. It's a violation in the old days. I agree. But in these days, it's not a violation at all. I'm trying to social distance. So I'll have some cars who are nice enough and they move out of the way and some cars I'm playing chicken with and they'll flash their lights, they'll beep their horn and I will gesticulate toward them and I'll point to the people next to me who are biking or walking and I'll say, I'm distancing, move over, you're in a car. Some people are nice, some people are not. I would just say it'd be nicer to be nice because it's nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you, Frank Burns of MASH, Larry Linville, rest in peace. I got the ire of someone two days ago. I was ripped into. The guy rolled down his window and unleashed a torrent of expletives that would make a grown man blush. And you know what I did? Because I used to engage. I'd maybe give the finger. I'd maybe say, yeah, F you too. Or yeah, whatever. You know what I said? Have a nice day. And I kept going. I just don't understand why people are losing their minds. So the governors are saying, listen, we get it. People are losing their minds, but we've got to have some sort of economic revitalization. Sports is important. Let's go. Does that mean professional sports is happening because Governor Cuomo says it is? No. Do you think the commissioner of baseball, basketball, hockey, and football says to Governor Cuomo, ah, Please just say sports can come back because then we can really pressure the players to give in to a bad deal. Come on, man, you can do it. No, it's not how it works. The governors are doing this having nothing to do with sports. They want to be looked at as not a hurdle to sports coming back because they know there are other hurdles that exist before sports can come back. It's the equivalent of saying to somebody when you're at a restaurant, hey, listen, could I get a bite of your food, please? When you knew very well that if offered, you were going to say no anyway because you can't stand Brussels sprouts. But you're testing to see, hey, is this person a sharer? How will they react to me asking? What if I just put my fork on their plate while they're eating? What do they think about that? You can learn a lot about how people react to restaurant rantings, ravings, and musings. But the governors are just saying, hey, we're not stopping you. But it's not like Manford says, all right, back to baseball. They've got to get through all the health protocols. What, what the governors didn't say yesterday is the baseline assumption for all sports is that the 30 teams in baseball, the 30 cities will host professional games without fans. That's like the baseline. Forget the distancing and the mass and the spitting, the tobacco, the showers, the yada, the yada, and the yada. So this was no great sort of milestone, in my opinion. 
This was politically motivated. Certainly our guy in Florida, straight politics, all about the politics. That's fine. But for sports to come back, let's start one thing at a time. Let's get a health protocol in place. The NFL is working on these special masks for their face masks. I love it. Necessity breeds invention. Just because things will look different doesn't mean that different is bad. Let there be innovation. We will get back to sports and it will come soon. But please put the damn wine in the vat. Speaking of turning water into wine, I watched Waco. Yes, Waco with my guy from Savages, Taylor uh, Kishkis. I, I didn't actually think he had great thighs, but I think his name is Taylor Kishki. Michael Shannon, one of those great actors you don't know by name, but he's been in everything you've seen. from Revolutionary Road to God, Coke and I were talking about before the show, so many. Waco's about a... Uh, Branch Davidian named David Koresh. It's a true story about a very dark time and actually the history of the FBI and in the history of cults. Back in 1990, is it three coca or 91? I think it's 93 when this took place. There was a standoff, a 51 day standoff between David Koresh. It was not, it was 1993. Between David, thank you, in 1993. David Koresh was the leader of this cult. And I don't mean the Kool-Aid. They weren't all drinking Kool-Aid. You know, here's another word for cult I was thinking about while watching this. Why is it that it's the cult leaders who get to have sex with everyone and no one else can, and everyone says, hey, that seems normal? This guy had multiple wives, kids with all these wives. The husbands of the wives who came into the cult didn't get to be with the wives, but the wives had to be with David Koresh. I don't get why when you're the chosen one, because that's what cult leaders think. They're chosen by their God. Why would God choose you to be the only one who gets to have sex? And always with young girls, too, or boys. I don't really get that. So David Koresh was having sex with a lot of young people, including one played by, oh, come on, Coca. Is it Ruth Garner? She won an Emmy for Ozark. She plays that firecracker. Um, oh, God, Dorothy Langmore. I can't remember her name, but she's an Emmy Award winner on Ozark, and she's also in Waco. It is a six-hour miniseries or a six-part miniseries. Her name is Julia Garner. Thank you, Coca. He's on it. He's back. By the way, there's no question he's either in the bathroom or on his lawnmower or doing laps in his house instead of producing because when he's here, he's on it. And when he's not, he's out of it. So Waco is about uh, what happens when the Branch Davidians... They want to arrest him because he's committing polygamy and potentially assaulting children. And uh, underage sex was happening for sure. So the FBI goes in. They try a raid. A bunch of people get shot. It's a total nightmare. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms get involved. It's just an SS, an, a shite show. All of a sudden, 51 days, negotiations. What do we do? an actual embarrassment. There were cameras. There was news every day. It was on the news every day. And the way Waco ended in 1993 is that the FBI actually went in with tear gas. And unfortunately, everyone who was stuck in this compound in Waco, Texas, died because a fire started. There is a lot of discussion as to who started the fire. Was it the Branch Davidians? Was it a mass suicide? Did the tear gas start the fire? You don't end this miniseries having any idea which way it's going to break. 
because you have to form your own opinion. But I did read a lot about it. I remember living through it. I was young. I mean, I was 25 years old. I was in law school. And uh, I remember very well all this happening. There were daily updates, but Waco, Texas was a place. I was in New York City. It might as well have been on Mars. I was, uh, you know, not a, not a guy inclined to pay attention to cults or what they were doing other than to say, wow, that doesn't seem right. But it turns out that there are two sides to every story. And one of the people who survived Waco is a guy played by Rory Culkin, who is Kieran Culkin's brother. Can you imagine how far we've come that I don't say Macaulay Culkin's brother? I say the guy from Succession, Kiernan or Kieran, Kiernanin, Kieran Culkin. His brother Rory plays the Branch Davidian, who may or may not have been a Branch Davidian, who was there the whole time during the standoff, who then escaped. His name is David Thibodeau. Thank you. No relation to Tom Thibodeau except I'm pretty sure that's not Tom's last name, the great coach in the NBA. Coca is dying right now. (laughs) Except he just whispered that it is, but I don't think they're related. So David Thibodeau has come out and given interviews and he's done a bunch of documentaries. He wrote a book. This is based on a book by the FBI negotiator who tried to negotiate a peaceful settlement who could not and was eventually sent home. And then the violence happened and the death happened and the book by David Thibodeau. And it brings it into question. When is government intervention right? When are they wrong? What are the cover-ups? But it doesn't take away from the reality of Waco, which is why you should see it. And I talked about earlier a story, a parable about turning water into wine. There are people who think that they are the messengers from God, that they are the chosen one, they're the Messiah, they're the prophet, they know the answers, they're being spoken to by God. I get it. I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here to say you have uh, you know, mental deficiencies. I'm not going to say any of it. You may be right, I may be wrong, I may be crazy. All of it is true, Billy Joel, but the fact remains, just because you are a messenger from God and you've got the way to communicate your teachings doesn't mean you can screw a 12-year-old. It seems pretty damn simple. It's Waco. Check it out. ML Beer Challenge. It's day 68. Day 68. I did a uh, video today on CBS Sports HQ, and uh, they have a, a social media team and a guy named Ruben, you've heard me talk about him when I'm in the studio. He's the one in my eyesight. He's sort of my studio, part of my studio audience when I used to have a studio audience. He's the one who I think his uh, um, Twitter is I Talk Kicks or Ruben Talks or Is Kicks. He's a sneaker collector. I'm sure he was going crazy during the last dance, even though he's a major LeBron guy. So very defensive. LeBron's greater than Jordan, whatever, whatever. Who cares? The fact is that he's part of a... Um, He's a major Kobe fan as well. Um, thank you, Matt. That's a nice addition to the show. But uh, he now posts videos from when I'm on CBS Sports HQ. And he texted today and said, listen, the whole beard thing, I think you got to keep it when you're done with this, when MLB comes back. But Ruben, that wouldn't be an MLB challenge. The challenge is that I'm going to grow a beard with Coca until MLB has opening day. And then we're going to shave. Because where's my punum? I can't even see it anymore. That means face, by the way. Where is it? 68 days in. Staggering. So we're going to be doing different charities. I asked you, and I posted this on Twitter, someone come into my DMs. Please, I want more suggestions. I got several, but I want more. I'm going to go today to the Broward Jewish Federation, organization that is meaningful to me. I've raised money for them before. They're an organization that makes a difference not just in the Jewish community, but all around South Florida in Broward. 
There's a lot going on with COVID, a lot of people who are needing food, a lot of people out of work. Unemployment is skyrocketing, and they are doing more than their share. They are trying to do more fundraising, as all charities are right now. They're all in the business of trying to do more because when a pandemic happens, when there is a community crisis, that's when you find out who makes a difference and who says they make a difference. This is an organization that makes a difference. If you already give to any federation or any community foundation, you heard me give to the Denver Community Foundation, the Miami has a community foundation. Today we're doing the Broward Jewish Federation, $1,000 a day. I have 32 days left still. Until we're at day 100, there'll be $1,000 a day to a different organization. Broward Jewish Federation, keep doing what you do. Thank you so much. ML Beer Challenge, day 68. Wait to see. Wait to see is a segment when, uh, I like this segment. This one's important to me. And we, we got away from it the last couple of days. I must have been worked up. I don't know what happened. Wait to see is where I say something's going to happen. And it either does or it doesn't, but we're going to follow up. I talk a lot on this show, nothing personal about accountability, because it matters. No matter what walk of life you're in, no matter what you're doing, it matters. And so many people on TV, on radio, on internet, on doing podcasts, they'll just say stuff and let it rest. Hey, I was wrong. I can't even remember. But I'm going to revisit things when I'm right and when I'm wrong. On March 30th, my wait to see was the NBA will need a preseason before starting again. Guess what? There will be a preseason. I'm giving myself a yes. I also said NBA practice facilities will not open on May 8th the way Adam Silver, the commissioner of basketball, said they would after having delayed it from May 1st to May 8th. But I was wrong. Some did. Toronto, Cleveland, Denver, Portland, Utah. Five teams opened their practice facilities on May 8th. I'm counting that as a no, even though it wasn't all of the NBA. But I'm wait to see. I'm either a yes or I'm a no. Sometimes it's not applicable. Like, remember the one with the Astros winning 100 games? I'm going to say that's going to have to be not applicable because there may not even be 100 games. Anyway, wait to see. Right now, there's a negotiation going on between MLB and the MLB Players Association. They're going to talk about the health plan. You've heard a lot of talk about it. I want to mention two things that are going to be responded to by the Players Association when they give their response. And you're going to find this crazy. But they're going to have a problem with the fact that people can't shower and people can't leave their hotels when they're on the road. The players will need that to be amended to have much more easy language in there saying, shower in the clubhouse, but six feet apart. You want to leave your hotel? Fine, but be careful. Wait to see. There'll be some showering. There'll be some road privileges. You know why? Because often that's all about business. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.